0: Well, uh, welcome, glad that you're here. I'm Jack, one of the pastors here at Element City Church, and for any of you who might be new, uh, I know it takes guts coming to a new place, so glad that you're here, and we've got a free gift just to try to connect with you, and and, uh, we're not gonna email or spam you and all that kind of stuff, but we'd love to connect with you individually, personally. And so um, a couple things, we've been in this series called Weapons of Self-Destruction the last couple weeks, and I stood up here two weeks ago and said, hi, I'm Jack, and I'm a Comparaholic. And we talked about comparison. We talked about how comparison's like this cancer that can kind of eat away at you. If you don't learn to deal with it, it becomes very self-destructive. We also looked, uh, last week Brian looked at this idea of fear and how fear can sideswipe you in life and get you going sideways. And tonight, I want you to to kind of put on your thinking caps and I'm gonna show you an image here. We're gonna look at this guy. Um, We'll go to the next slide there. Anyone seen this movie? Inside Out. Great, great movie. Um, And uh, this, uh, what emotion is this? Anger. Anger. So you played along well. Good job. Um, I remember my senior year of college, which was a a while ago. And the last semester was my favorite semester of the entire five years that I stretched it into being. Because I had five credits I needed to take. So I took five, one credit, sports classes on Tuesday and Thursday. All I did was play, it was awesome. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday we did a little bit of work but the other days we just had fun. And I remember flag football uh, there right behind actually where they built the kind of the new part of the stadium there at Arizona. And uh, I remember flag football one time I got chosen to be quarterback, I was very excited about this, it was awesome. Things were going pretty well until that moment when that guy who wasn't supposed to be there stepped in front of the pass that I threw and he caught it. He was on the other team, friends. This ignited something in me that I didn't realize existed. Flag football, mind you. I run as he's running down the sideline, right on the sideline. I make sort of an attempt at the flag. That's it. I lower my right shoulder, put it into him, through him, take him off on his heels, lands on the back, I land on top of him, I roll over and realize immediately this was a poor decision. Because he's bigger than me. And in my best talking ability, God's given me a gift of gab, I began to talk my way out of this little conflict that was beginning to arise in this moment as he realized, wait, this is flag football. And this is intramurals, and I don't understand why this shouldn't happen, and it shouldn't. Maybe you remember reading about the lady who got the not-so-happy meal handed to her through the drive-through window and decided that it wasn't good enough And so she climbed through the window into McDonald's and began throwing things all over the back counter area. Maybe you've had a run in. How many of you have dealt with anger within yourself or been faced with anger from other people? Maybe at work even. And here's the deal about anger. Every single one of us here gets angry. It's something we all share in common. And if we can handle anger appropriately, it's an okay emotion, it's a decent thing. But when it begins to handle you, it becomes very destructive, not just within your own self and how you see the world, how you interact the world, how you navigate, but within the relationships around you, amen? That happens, doesn't it? In fact, my hunch is we've all faced the reality of that and we've seen this truth. Um, In fact, I did a little bit of research, the average man uh, loses his temper six times a week. Six times a week. The average woman. Three times a week. I have no ideas if those stats are right. I just There's no way I was gonna do more because that's just dumb. <laughs> so I'm wise. Um, so I don't know if that's true. I just made it up. Listen to these scriptures, though. When it talks about anger, there's, the Bible has a lot to say about handling life, about anger. Here's some words from Proverbs 14 it says this A quick tempered person does foolish things. Anyone done foolish things before? Slowness to anger, Proverbs 14 29. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. But a quick tempered man or woman stockpiles stupidity. That's the message version. That's my favorite. Stockpile stupidity. See, the Bible has a lot to say when it comes to dealing with anger. And tonight, I want to kind of walk through a little bit, maybe one key passage that I want us to look at in Ephesians chapter 4. And if you have your phones, you can go to YouVersion. You can follow along. All the notes are in there. You can go to live events and look for elements. Or you can follow along on your real Bible, like me. Um, So you can do that either way. But in Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he has some things to kind of rapid fire toward the end of Ephesians and he's saying some recommendations for them and he's wanting them to get rid of their former way of living now that they're a follower of Jesus Christ, now that they have put their trust into him and I know not everybody here maybe has come to that point in your life and that's okay. We want to be a church where you can investigate this guy Jesus. There's many of us who have become convinced he really is who he says he is and that he really does transform and change lives. And here's what Paul's writing to those people who have come to that place and they've trusted in him. He says, look, uh, you need to be made new. You need to get rid of this old way of living, this old way of just where you gratified your, your sinful desires and it just, it was, everything you did was about you, and it was just that, you need to put that aside. You need to be made new in the attitude of your minds to get the new self created to be more like God. You need to have God kind of do some rewiring within you. Therefore, each of you should put off falsehood. You shouldn't kind of speak non-truths to people. Then he says these words. Therefore, each of you should do that truthfully to your neighbor, for you are members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Now it's key what he's saying here. Is it wrong to get angry? Is it unbiblical? No. In fact, over 300 times, you'll read in the Old Testament, that God got angry. Jesus got angry, didn't he? In fact, he took a whip to the people in, in the temple, to the money collectors, and, and kind of cleared them all out and said, you've, you've made this, this house of God into this den of robbers. They were steering people, keeping people, putting boundaries to keep people away and at a distance from God. So it's not wrong to get angry. And he says, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Now it's interesting in Greek, the word foothold um, literally means like a a bedroom, like a side room, like a room in your house. I don't know if you have a house, maybe you have an apartment, and you've turned your closet into like a side room for people to visit, I don't know. Um, But it's like that. So, it's not a foothold, like a rock climber type thing. It's this idea of, of allowing the enemy to take up a residence inside of you. To allow him and the ways that he handles life to reside in the place that you call home, your heart. That's what, that's what Paul is getting at here. He's saying, like, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down. Does that mean that you can't, like if the sun is setting, it's a beautiful sunset, you want to take a picture and you're like, I'm really angry at this person. Like, do you have to call them first and work this out before you could take a picture and Instagram and like, a beautiful sunset, Arizona. Uh, No. What he's saying is, don't let yourself get on a train going somewhere you don't want to go. You've got to use wisdom. We did a whole series on wisdom. Anger is an emotion, but that's what it is. It's an emotion. You can deal with your emotions. You can control your emotions. That's why when you're in a screaming fit, maybe on the way to, maybe you have uh, little ones and you're on the way to church and you're like, they're just going off and you're like, blah, 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 and you open the door to church and you're like, hey, hey, everybody, how's it going? How's it going? Or did you ever notice like your mom and dad, like they'd be yelling at you and then the phone would ring and their voice would like completely go back to normal. And it was like nothing was happening in the house. But just two seconds ago, I was getting grounded for a month, right? So emotions can be tempered with, can be uh, examined, can be looked at, can be changed if you have some insight to that. But more importantly, what Paul's gonna get to is that if you choose to let the Holy Spirit be the bigger influencer in your life than yourself, that if you allow him to begin to, we'll talk about this at the end, recognize and replace, recognize and replace. We'll come back to that. But uh, all of us deal with anger. In fact, on the count of three, I want us to say, I get angry, okay? One, two, three. I get angry, we all do. There are typically three ways that you express anger. There's spewers, there's stuffers, and there's schemers. Spewers are the people that you know they got angry because they tell you. They may not say, I'm angry right now, but what they will say in their non-verbals and every one of their word choices and every one of their emotional output, it's like they're vomiting on you, anger, okay? And you know it. You don't have to raise your hand, but uh, raise your big right toe if that's you, okay? Big right toe if that's you. You're like, oh, okay, that's me. Uh, people know when you get angry, okay? You're, this, you're like Andy. You're punching walls. Uh, that's not good. Uh, Proverbs 29 says this. An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. What did Paul say? In your anger, what? Do not sin. So it's not this idea that I can't, get angry it's this idea that I have to learn to deal with it and spewers like if you inside yell the phrase release the Kraken (laughs) when you get angry you're a spewer friend Um, and you just got to deal with that okay that's on you and you got to know you in order to begin to make changes and to begin to, uh, to deal with things. The next one is stuffers. Those who, uh, those people you may know, they, they get angry but they don't show it because they'll smile. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go over here. And the stuffer, how they deal with things. Anyone ever been to the pool and you've gotten this uh, beach ball and you try to hold it underwater? How does that work out? Maybe for a few seconds, it's okay. You're balancing on top of it. You got it under there, and then you start to wobble a little bit, and then all of a sudden, the beach ball just comes flying out, right? Because it's got all that air, that pressure. Here's the deal with stuffers. People who try to stuff their anger may do so for a while, and they may camouflage the hurt and the, the damage that's going on inside their heart for a while, but it will seep out. It will. In fact, you know that to be true. Those of you who are raising your left big toe and going, "That's me. I'm, I'm a stuffer." The schemer, well, they they deal with anger in a different way. They remember the old uh, famous saying: "I don't get, I don't get uh, angry. I just get even." And so they're the ones that carry around the scorecard internally in their mind and when they've uh, been hurt, been taken advantage of, uh, had to deal with something they didn't like, and it flipped the anger switch in then. They didn't spew over people in the moment, and they didn't just stuff it, they just kind of stepped aside, and they wrote it down, and they've been carrying around. If you're a person who's been hurt by somebody, and you are in the grocery store, and that person comes around the corner, and you choose to leave that aisle right away, you're a schemer. If the name of that person comes up in conversation and you instantly go back to the imaginary conversations that you've been winning in your mind for the last five months, five years, 15 years, then you need to raise all your toes because you're a schemer, my friend. That's on you. And and that's all to say that typically people will fall into one of those three categories, and the deal with that is you have to deal with that. You have to own that. You have to know you in order to make any kind of progress and not letting anger become self-destructive within you. Everybody gets angry. They just do it in different ways. And so you've got to understand and figure out how do I, begin to make this change. See, the Bible has a lot to say and it has this to say. You can change with God's help. You can change. See, anger, the way you express it it was a learned thing for you. Whether you saw it happen in your growing up years and it just became part of your psyche and part of how you deal with things, or you saw it and you revolted against it and said, I'm gonna do this. You learned how to deal with anger. The beautiful part of that is you can unlearn some of the ways that maybe it's causing destruction within you and within others. In fact, I want to go on to what Paul is saying here. He says, look, do not, uh, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil kind of a foothold, residence within your heart. Keep short accounts with people is what he's saying. Don't choose not to create a a ripple effect in the way you deal with your anger, in the way you express your anger that's gonna hurt other people or hurt yourself. That's how you gotta deal with anger. He goes on. Do not let any unwholesome talk. This is a verse that we had our kids memorize early on. Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, not your need, to their needs, that it may benefit those who are listening, not doing the talking. That it may benefit those who are listening. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you've been sealed with. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love. That's what... Paul goes on to say to the early church and to us as a church, to us as individuals, you've got to deal with this in a healthy way. So can I give you a few things that you may be able to put kind of in the back of your mind, carry around with you as it deals with anger? Because we all get angry, we all do it in different ways, and I think there's some things in here that for each one of those ways, there's something in here that you're gonna hold on to and go, I can do that. God, would you help me do that? so that I could get better and I can handle my anger versus my anger handling me. And there's a giant difference in that. The first uh, thing I'd say is this. Slow down. Slow down when your pulse starts to race. Why do you think people counted to 10? You've all heard that adage. Count to ten when you're angry. Why why do you just cause that's what the count on Sesame Street said? What, what, what ten seconds is this. You could do that. That's not that long. But it's amazing what your mind and what your emotions and how they can turn in a good way if you just give yourself some space. Slow down and think before you naturally react. Now, for those of you who struggle with spewing, this is yours. You've got to get to the place where you begin to say, hey, I'm gonna take some time here. What's interesting is in uh, the book of James, let me get to it here, James chapter one. This is, when I meet and do um, counseling with folks and they're dealing with stuff, this is one of the verses uh, that I say to them almost all the time. Um, James chapter one, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Everyone should be slow to speak. That's difficult to do in our culture. Everyone should be quick to listen. That's difficult when your emotions are getting riled up, isn't it? Quick to listen, slow to speak. How many ears did God give you? Dos, how many mouth? I said mouth because it's not mouths. One, my mama always told me you need to make sure you're a person who listens more than you talk because God gave you two ears and only one mouth and make sure you don't flip the ratio there. A lot of wisdom when it comes to dealing with anger, when it comes to getting a grip on it and not letting it get a grip on you too often, we become the victim of our own anger. That is an emotion that we are allowing to happen in the moment. I know people say, well, this person may be angry. No, you chose to get angry. That person did something stupid, maybe. That person did something hurtful, maybe, but you chose to get angry. It's a choice. And so we have to own that. We have to say, God, help me to choose better. Help me to choose what gets me in the right direction. Help me not to make so many snap judgments and just react and spew over people. Some of you say, well, you don't understand, Jack. You don't understand, people walk over me all the time and it's just the snatch, I've been walked over all my life. And I'm sorry for that, if that's how you feel. But you have a choice, friend, you do. And with God's help, you can choose differently. You could say, I'm going to own this. I'm gonna become slow to speak. I'm gonna become quick to listen. I'm gonna slow down when I feel my pulse starting to race. No one gets angry without their pulse racing. It's the Hulk effect. We all have it when we get angry and we all get angry. So when the Hulk effect is going on, for those of you who are older or understand maybe the Hulk movie, when you feel your eyes turning green, it is time to slow down. It is time to walk away, maybe. Time to take 10 seconds and catch your breath. Time to say, God, I'm recognizing I'm getting angry right now. Because here's leads to the second thing. Not only slow down, but you've got to investigate where your anger is coming from. Proverbs 19, 13 says this, a a man's wisdom gives him patience. Wisdom gives them patience. See, the better I understand myself and the better I understand you, then the better I can relate one on one. And the better I understand you and the better you understand me, the better we can relate without anger sideswiping us in a conversation. How many of you have ever had a uh, warning light go off in your car? Yeah, it's really annoying, right? Driving yesterday and I was heading across town to a funeral and the gas light came on and I was like, hey. That's nice. And I noticed I had like 41 miles to go and I thought, that's pretty nice. I got 40, I can get there. Um, And I'm going and then all of a sudden the gas light went off and went to a different color. And then it just said low fuel. And I was like, oh. And there was no more like numbers. It just kept flashing low fuel. And I thought, well 41, miles? it's not 41 miles, is it? Um, And I had to drive up out of a different place to find fuel. It was a warning light to me, listen, Every time you get angry, I want you to think it's a warning light. When you get angry, it should be a warning light to you. Investigate where that's coming from. There are a couple causes of, uh, of anger. So I brought my emotional cup, okay? We all have one. We have this emotional cup that we carry around. Many people don't see it because it's inside you. But here's the deal about, about anger. Anger is an emotion that begins to surface after we have gone through maybe some hurt. When you get hurt in life, it kind of piles on, it simmers underneath. And if you don't deal with the hurt, it begins to, to kind of build and fester and grow a little bit. When you get hurt in life, emotionally, physically, however that may be for you, you begin to, to have some things transpire within your life. And anger tends to stem from hurt in life, or uh, frustration, we've all been frustrated, and so there's some frustration that goes on in life, and we deal with that frustration, or sometimes we don't deal with it very well, or insecurity. You get pushed in a way that makes you feel insecure, makes you feel threatened. And when you get that way, uh, what do you do with a dog when you start backing it in the corner? And it starts feeling threatened. What does it do? Well, it begins lashing out. See, here's what happens, is when you get hurt or when you're dealing with hurt that's either coming from frustration or coming from uh, some kind of insecurity that got triggered within you, then it turns into something else. And it begins to turn into resentment and bitterness, and it begins to shade how you see the world around you. And if you don't deal with the hurt, pretty soon what's happening is the cup gets really full, and it starts tipping, and it starts spilling over on other people. That's why when you see someone angry, anyone ever been at the airport, and seen someone at the poor counter dealing with this poor counter lady who's there, and they are angry, what is going on, really? I'll tell you. They're hurt. They either got hurt emotionally in some way or they're dealing with a major frustration because it's throwing off their schedule or something like that or they got hit with some kind of insult They got threatened somehow. Boss says, you don't get back here. You don't get to that meeting. And all of a sudden, then all these emotions start coming out. See, when you're dealing with someone who's angry, what you're dealing with is someone who's hurt. So how do you heal the hurt? Well, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. That's why in your friendship relationships, spouse relationships, when uh, someone is hurt or they're dealing with frustration, dealing with being threatened, and insecurity has been triggered in their life, when you can come alongside and practice Romans twelve fifteen, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. When you can mourn with somebody, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. When I come alongside and I can say, man, that really sounds like that hurt. I know you're angry, and maybe you're calmed down a tiny bit, but it sounds like you just got hurt, like your expectations of what was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen that way, and it didn't unfold that way, and it, that, that really bummed you out, it hurt you. And that's why the light triggers onto people, and they're like, yeah. See, they're not just angry, they're hurt, somehow. And you've got to deal with that that's why you've got to investigate for yourself. Where is your hurt coming from? Now, for some of you, that may have triggered some really deep things within you. Because you're like, I, whoa, hey, ooh, dusty dear. Um, because you, you kind of shut that door a long time ago and you don't want to deal with it. But what I'm telling you is if you're a person who's angry all the time and so quick to become angry, that I'm telling you, friend, as one of your friends, then you are hurt, and we've got to deal with that, or you will never be able to change how you want to change with God's help. Now, the beautiful thing is God can heal you, which kind of leads to this third thing, that we need to continually ask for God's help in dealing with our anger, We need to continually come and say, God, I need your help. I've tried to master anger a long time. See, a lot of people think, well, pastors aren't angry. I'm telling you, I was an angry person. And I still have flare-ups within me that can happen. And what I do is I stuff it. Because you don't want to see it. And it would hurt you, it would hurt me if I express it. And so what I've got to know and recognize about myself as I investigate my own stuff is realize I'm a stuffer. It's what I do. And so I've got to deal with recognizing that when I'm angry, I'm hurt somehow. Either I'm got put at a disadvantage or my plans got thrown off, and suddenly I'm frustrated, or suddenly I got hit with something that triggered an insecurity within me. I've got to deal with that. So I've got to learn to to kind of replace what um Paul writes later to a church in Galatia and he says uh, the fruit of the spirit. He talks about what the fruit of the spirit is really like and he says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control and he goes through this list and you read through that list and you go, man, I wanna be a person like that. And here's what I think the New Testament is kind of drilling down on us is as you deal with your anger, do not sin. Uh, Keep short accounts. Uh, deal with it quickly, don't let it fester. Don't let the enemy take up residence in your presence of just how you live and interact in life. It doesn't mean he's gonna live inside you, it's, just, it's a metaphor, it's this idea of don't give him residence in your proximity because of anger. And you need to continually go back to God, and this is the idea of recognize and replace. Recognize when you're getting angry. And let's just look at the first four of of what Paul says in Galatians 5:22 The fruit of the spirit is this love, joy, peace, patience. I want more love, joy, peace, patience in my life. So God, I want to recognize when I'm getting angry and I'm going to ask that you help replace by the power of your Holy Spirit, by your activity in my life, not by me kind of drumming up the 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 energy to do it all on my own, but partnering with your spirit, would you help me to recognize it and then replace it? And to realize that you came here to give me a fresh start every day if necessary. You came here to give me new life, to raise me, to take me from being dead to alive in you. And now I have a hope that can help me move forward. See, the reality is, as you brush your teeth tonight, Here's what I want you to think of. When, uh, when you squeeze this toothpaste, what comes out? Toothpaste. But if I were to drain this and fill it with nacho cheese, how awesome would that be? But if I were to squeeze that, what would come out? No, my cheese, not your cheese. <laughs> oh, dumb joke, okay. Um, it's a kid, kid's joke. Um, when the pressure comes, Whatever's on the inside gets squeezed out. And the reality is we wanna become a people that when the pressures of life come and they begin to put the squeeze on you, that anger isn't what comes out because anger is what's inside. I'm continually going back and asking God, would you help me to have more love, joy, peace, patience? Would you help me to to carve that into my life? God, would you just begin to pour that more and more into me and help me to recognize when something's getting squeezed out that's not from you and to replace it in the power of the Holy Spirit with what is from you? See, Jesus is in love. What he expressed in a moment, what we're gonna remember through communion, through his life and his death and his resurrection, is said that you are valuable to him. You, yes, you. You're valuable to him. He pursues you at the utmost cost. It cost him everything. But he knows you're worth it. And he wants a relationship with you. And not just a relationship buddy-buddy, friend-to-friend, but a relationship where he is transforming you to become more and more who he has dreamed and rescued and created you to be. And that, friends, is a person with more love, joy, Peace, patience, and anger gets less and less. This isn't about, okay, God, help me not to have an anger blow up this week. Okay, this is about, God, would you help me to be on the process and in the in the pro- making progress to be a person who is less angry next year than I am this year because I'm taking my hurts to you, I'm taking my frustrations to you, I'm taking the ways that my insecurity gets triggered and I'm bringing that to you, recognizing that your love can help heal my hurt that um, your power can help build up my insecurities. That you can speak into my life as I follow you. And so in a moment, uh, we're gonna take communion, I'm gonna pray for us, and then communion tables, we have two in the middle and two down front, and we're gonna give you some space and some time, and then I'm gonna come and kinda close us uh, with a final thought and just a couple quick announcements. We're gonna sing a song as we leave tonight. And that's kind of where we're going in the next few moments. And I just want to give you some space between you and God to figure out where are you at with anger? What one of the three categories is you? Are you a spewer, a stuffer, a schemer, manipulator behind the scenes type thing? How do you recognize hurt within your own life, Uh, hurt or frustration or some insecurities getting pricked in your life? Where's your anger coming from? And then in these next few moments, I want you to take that anger that resides a little bit, the residual effect maybe, and just to bring that to God. See, God, you can handle this way better than I can. I've been trying, and I've kind of made a mess of things. I'm self destructing in a way. My relationships, my relationship with you, my relationship even with myself, and how I navigate and see the world. And so as you take communion tonight, as you choose to do that, maybe you just want to sit in your seat and have a moment then you and God have a conversation. And this third point of continually going back to God, this is your moment to do that. And so Father, I pray that you'd help us become a people and a church, and individuals that own where we are. X marks our spot, we know it. And that we figure out a way to continually come back to you, continually seek you out. Father, anger is something that we see witnessed across the screens and the pages and uh, the papers all over our world. Anger carried out to the furthest extent and the damage and the destruction it does. God, we can't fix everything, but we can submit to you and to the way that you craft and recreate and wanna transform our own hearts. And so, Father, individually in these next couple minutes, would you allow us to own that, and to bring that to you, and say, God, would you start with me? Would you begin to help me recognize and replace when anger begins to flare up? Well, maybe I just need to slow down. Maybe I need to figure out how just to take a pause. Maybe, maybe I'm so tense, you just need to go work out. Maybe it's something but you and God have a conversation. So Father, would you stir our hearts in these next couple minutes and as we close worshiping you tonight, I pray that you would stir us to become a people that leverage the work and transformation work you're doing in our hearts to bless others. And we pray that in Jesus' name.